Our image of God shapes how we relate to him. So if we believe God is distant, someone who just set the universe in motion and then just basically left us to ourselves, then we will have a distant relationship with him. We might even talk to him every day, but we're going to, our image of God is going to be a God who is way out there somewhere or way up there somewhere, far away. If our image of God is one of a record keeper, a God who simply keeps track of the good and the bad that we do and then admits us to heaven based upon the good or rejects us and sends us to hell on the bad that we do, then our relationship with God will be legalistic. It will only be about keeping the rules and not about loving him or being touched by his love. In this beautiful parable in the gospel, possibly, probably in my opinion, the most beautiful and touching parable that Jesus teaches in all of the Gospels. Jesus in this parable proposes to us the true God and the true image of God that each of us should have. A loving father with his arms open wide to us. Jesus reveals the heart of God to us. And he reveals the heart of the Father most explicitly, most vividly, when he's on the cross. Jesus on the cross has his arms outstretched. They're outstretched as a reminder that he is ready to embrace each one of us. In this way, Jesus shows us the heart of God. He shows us the heart of the Father. The heart of God, the Father is... Love, mercy, and compassion. This gospel, this parable, is commonly known as the prodigal son, but I think we can call it the loving father, the forgiving father. There are a lot of very important details in this parable. The son asks for his inheritance. What is he saying? He's basically saying to the father, you're dead to me. The inheritance came after death. So the son basically is saying, father, you're dead to me. Give me the share of the inheritance now. And then he goes off and he squanders the wealth on a life of sin, on a life of self-indulgence. But in the parable, he comes to experience within himself an important moral truth. I'm sure this is something we've all experienced. The important moral truth is this. Sin is its own punishment. Sin is its own punishment. What does that mean? It means if we live a life of sin, we experience profound misery. We can't live a sinful life and be happy. Now, the contrary is true. Virtue is its own reward. If we live a virtuous life, we are happy. So the son experiences the punishment of sin. He's miserable. He decides to return to his father. And what is the father doing? What's the father's response? He's not angry. He's not ready to punish. 
He's certainly not indifferent that the son is coming home. The father is waiting with open arms to embrace his son. Jesus tells us that the father in this parable was filled with compassion. Those are the words of Jesus. The father was filled with compassion. And the father, as we read the parable, we see that the father was waiting the whole time for the son to return because we're told that he saw him from a far distance and then he ran to meet him, which implies that when the son left, the father was waiting and waiting and waiting for the son to return. You see, this, this is the God that we worship. We don't worship a distant God, a cold God, a God that is far away. We certainly don't worship a legalistic God who just keeps a track record of our rights and wrongs. We worship a Father filled with love and compassion and mercy for his children. And we, when we wander, what does he do? He waits. He waits for us to return, and his arms are always open to embrace us. Now, there might be some who believe that this could give us license to sin, right? So if God is love, if he's mercy and compassion, and if we emphasize that, well, doesn't that mean that we are just giving permission to sin? Can't I just keep on sinning? Keep on living a life of self-indulgence? Hey, if God's going to forgive me anyway, if he's going to love me anyway, then I can just keep doing my own thing. But on the contrary, when we truly know in our hearts, when we have that encounter with the Lord, and we know in our hearts that he is love, that he loves me, that he has compassion on me, that he is merciful to me, when I experience that in the depths of my heart, that's a transformational moment in my life. That truth is transforming. And this truth that God is love, mercy, and compassion changes us. And so instead of keep continuing to live a life of sin and self-indulgence, we become motivated to live our lives for him. We want to grow in our love for him. We want to love him more. We want to have a deep friendship with him. When we're touched by his love and mercy and compassion, we don't want to keep sinning. We want to turn away from sin because his love and mercy and compassion transforms our hearts and our minds and elevates us to what is true, that we're called to live a life of holiness and virtue. So when we're touched by his love and mercy and compassion, we want to give up sin. We want to turn away from it. We want to have a conversion. That's the truth of this parable. My brothers and sisters, do you believe in your heart that our loving Father wants you to live in his embrace, in the embrace of his arms, in the embrace of his heart? Do you believe that? If so, what's holding you back? Is it your sinfulness? Well, that's easy. He forgives that. He can forgive that. He wants to forgive that. And by the way, remember our confession times. Confession during Lent is a wonderful thing. Monday evenings, Wednesday evenings, Saturday afternoon, Tuesday morning before Mass, or any time, just call. 
To receive the sacrament of confession is to be freed of our guilt and our sin. Or is it your fear of of letting him love you? Maybe you're afraid to be touched by God's love because maybe you're afraid he's going to ask you to give something up. Maybe you're afraid to let go. Well, I would encourage you not to be afraid because when we let go and let him love, love us, he fills our life with more peace and joy and happiness than we can even imagine. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we continue to pray this Mass, let's ask for the grace to open our hearts to God's love, to help us to know that he wants each one of us to live in his loving embrace.